1: You guys, this is a momentous day for Brown Ambition podcast.
2: It is. We have the most brownest, the most ambitious person that I think <laughs> know in my life joining us.
1: She personifies Brown Ambition. And I want to do a little intro because she deserves it. I mean, come yes. on. Um, our guest today is Levy Ajayi. She is an award-winning writer. If you do not read her blog, awesomelovey.com, I don't know what is going wrong with your life, um, but you must do it now. But she's not just a blogger. She is a writer, a speaker, a digital strategist, and she says she thrives at the intersection of comedy, technology, and activism. Levy is a 13-year 13-year blogging, so basically since the internet was born, Levy has been blogging. <laughs> She is the voice behind Awesome Me Levy, of course, a humor blog that covers everything pop culture. She also has a new book out now called I'm Judging You: The Do Better Manual, uh which is going to be released in September 2016. Unless you want to get ahead of the game, you can pre-order it right now wherever books are sold. So I
2: did. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. And you forget she's best friends with Oprah. I mean, not really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> This has been, I feel like this has been the year of Lovey, but Lovey, thank you so much for coming on Brown Ambition.
3: I am glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Are you calling us from Chicago?
2: Yes. I love the shy. Only in the summer, though, because the winter is ignorant. Our winter is stupid. Yes. (laughs) So tell us, like, you know, what has been, because honestly, this has been the year of Lovey. Every time I turn around, I'm like, well, gosh darn it. This girl is just killing it in these streets. I mean, you were killing it before. And I hate when people tell me it's your year, girl. I'm like, it's my life. But yes, come on <laughs> yes. and say that. Yes. No, but definitely this year, you've got some major milestones. What probably is your? What was your favorite or your most like momentous milestone thus far this year?
3: Um, probably interviewing Oprah.
2: That would do it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, that 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 must have been it. And when she grabbed my head, I was like, well. I saw that picture.
1: <laughs> Wait, so for me, who's not an inner of this world, I'm a, I'm like a hanger on. So just, <laughs> I just ride Tiffany's delightful coat coattails. Um, <laughs> no, tell me, how did this happen? How did you get to sit next? How does one uh, sit next to Oprah and get to ask her questions?
3: Um. So first, Oprah did this. She chose 100 people to be a part of her Super Soul 100 list, her first Super Soul 100 list. And I was one of them. Um, That was in April. So that was when I first met her. And then her team at OWN was just like, you're dope. And we think you're pretty cool. So they had me come to L.A. for the premiere of their latest show, Greenleaf, that Oprah stars in um, and executive produces. And they were like, yeah, so we want you to interview our cast while you're here. What? And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't think the cast would, involve, would include Oprah. I was thinking it was everybody but Oprah. Well, you think Oprah they would leave the first with person? Right. Oprah was the first person who sat next to me.
2: Wow. They probably,
3: hey, they probably purposefully don't tell you, though. Well, they told me the day of. They uh, were like, okay. yes, so you are going to be interviewing Oprah. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be interviewing who? Oprah? yeah what did what did your mom say she was watching because it was all going down on facebook live and she was watching it on facebook live as it was happening and she was like oh my god i found out from my sister that she was texting my sister like oh my god i'm watching her right now like they all stayed up late because in la it was eight o'clock in la time which was 10 p.m actually was yeah eight o'clock la time so 10 Mm -hmm. p.m chicago time but it was incredible it was
2: it was incredible yeah, I mean, I could only imagine, you know, when you went down this journey. So, for those of you who don't know, Lovey is Nigerian. Yes, yes. if you, read, um, if you and- read any of her blog, you know. <laughs> <I> know <right? laughs> so, growing up in a Niger household where, like, you know, your your choices for careers are doctor, lawyer, engineer, pharmacist, in that order, you know how how was that transition? Like, uh, being allowed to kind of be yourself and do this was it easy? Were your parents always kind of on board or was it something you had to fight for
3: um I think for me so when I started college i I said I was going to be a doctor my 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 um my whatchamacallit, call it my my major coming in was psychology pre-med but then I dropped that pre-med after first semester of college when I got my first d <laughs> of my whole academic career and I was like I don't even like hospitals <laughs> but I didn't actually tell anybody in my family that I Dropped the pre-med They just came to graduation. What? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They just came to graduation. I got my degree in psychology, so I kept the psychology piece. But then I think the whole time, at that point, I basically proved that like I'm not ridiculously irresponsible, Uh and I hadn't done anything up to that point that was crazy. So I was kind of left to my own devices. But of course, when you when you're trying to be a writer. I mean, I, even though I was still fighting a tooth and nails, people just think you're playing on the internet. So I still had a full-time job for, up until 2010. Ah, oh, um, that's good to know. How did you balance I, them both? Oh, I would come home at night and write, because honestly, I just love writing and I love marketing, which is what I was doing full-time. So it was like, I was kind of enjoying both of it, but really writing is what I was supposed to be doing. And I think it became really, really real, probably mm-hmm. in 2012. Uh, when I did press coverage on the Academy Awards red carpet and backstage,
2: okay,
3: that's when it, it actually kind of like solidified for my mom that oh she's not just playing on the internet. Okay, okay. I mean you're the oh. first person I go to when I'm
1: looking for like a pop culture wrap up. Like your yeah. game, I I found you through your Game of Thrones reviews. that's, oh. that's like my favorite thing. <laughs> I just love how you embrace the nerd. You know what I mean? Like you're so yourself, you embrace all like the little quirks. And then you were doing the scandal reviews for, was it Vulture?
3: No, I actually started scandal reviews for myself. Like I, and then Comcast had me do it for them for um, like six months. So I just, everything I've been doing has kind of happened organically. So I I just paid attention to what I loved doing and I did it even when I wasn't getting paid to do it.
2: That's an aha moment for those of you guys who know what that means, Oprah lovers. Aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Everyone's always
3: like, oh, how did you plan? I didn't plan anything, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I didn't plan any of it. I didn't have any type of strategy on this. Time I'm going to become an amazing writer. I was just doing it every day. I was writing every day. I was blogging before it was popular to blog just because I had things to say and I wanted to say them. So I did.
2: Let's get to like the real gritty cuz I think people look and they think like oh, well Love funny and she knows all these people and it's it seems like it's easy but I always like to know what's what's the hard part? What's the part that you're like, yo, I still struggle with this or this part is not that fun? To give people like that. It's obviously it's awesome, but there are parts that are not so awesome and how do you deal with that?
3: Um with everything people always see the glory without the without the grit behind it. Um you know, it's when you're a writer, there's no straight path. There's no blueprint. You don't necessarily, yeah, you can get a degree. That doesn't mean you're going to get a job. I think it comes down to pushing past those hard times and really standing in your worth. Because one of the things about being a creative is people will constantly challenge you on your pricing. Um, Photographers feel this. You know, mm-hmm. artists feel this. Anybody who's working for themselves feel this. Yes. When, People feel like they can always negotiate you down. Like you can't walk into H and M and be like, Hey, I know this shirt costs seventeen dollars, can I pay twelve dollars for it? No. Can you
2: can you preach it please? I'm like, Jesus. I need to right. here. <laughs> so
3: it's just like no, you have to accept people's value is what what it is. And it it got easier for me to say no to people and say no, but if you ever have the money, come back. <laughs> and you know what's funny is a lot of times people are afraid to say no because they're afraid that they'll lose money. But a lot of the people who I've said no to, hey, come back, have come back. Mm. Just because they're like, you know what? I've got my money together and I understand that you are worth what you are charging because you have proven this over and over again. I
1: I hear some. Is that a little person in the background?
3: (laughs) That's my niece. boy. I was going to say, I have no
2: babies. I know, man, you don't have no babies.
3: I just closed the door.
2: (laughs) Kids are like, damn your life. I'm over here Basically. Having that's your niece. So
1: what's your family like? Let's talk a little bit about your family. If we can switch gears for a little bit.
3: Um, I have a Nigerian family. I am. I mean, honestly, it's just regular. <laughs> like, I don't know. They are interesting. They're funny. They're shady. Um, I have a very Nigerian mom who is amazing at cooking jello fries.
2: Because jollof rice is clearly better than Ghanaian rice. That's not even. Let's not even start because ooh, right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, right. so the jollof rice. Right. So there's a war going on, man. <laughs> that the oh no, I know about the
1: Ghanaians and the Nigerian wars. Oh, My right, two best so friends we're... in college.
2: Somebody were... had somebody had the nerve to post. Y'all don't know nothing. Liberian jollof. I said who? who? Liberian <laughs> jollof rice. You don't even. You're not even in this. <laughs> you don't even go to the same school as us. No. <laughs> right? You still taking a short bus? What? No, no offense to Liberians. I love y'all. We're talking about your rice.
1: And, yeah. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, Lovey, you just said school. Now I heard a rumor that you went to school with none other than Michelle Obama. Not with Michelle Obama, but the same school as Michelle Obama.
3: Can you yeah, confirm? Yeah, same school. Whitney Young, ah. Chicago. So
1: this uh, school about is twenty years apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Oh my God. So this school is like what the Golden School.
3: It is actually like Whitney Young is known for being excellent. It's one of the best city, um, high schools in the, in the country. It's actually been ranked every year since its existence. So yeah, like I think one of the first black astronauts went to Whitney Young too. So we're just amazing. Yeah. It just pushes out winner.
2: So goodness. I want to learn more about this book. I know like I already pre-ordered mine and I'm excited. So tell us about like your book and what people can expect and when they can expect it.
3: So my book is called I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual, and it is a collection of essays on life, culture, social media and fame and why we are all ridiculous and why we can do better. So and I include myself in that. I'm also ridiculous and I can do better um, because as a Nigerian, I can't be on time for nothing. What? I can't. I'm terrible. I I'm late for the most random things. I'm late for conference calls. I'm just terrible. So this book is just me turning the mirror on all of us. And it's basically my blog on steroids. But it's brand new content. It's like me at my best. So I'm excited.
1: I don't think people get, you know, as I'm a writer, I've studied journalism. That's my background. Um, But what you do, like, I don't want people to think that it's easy. Like, it's not easy to be funny and smart as a writer. So who were some of your influences, like, when you sit down to write? Um, Like, who taught you to to be funny or to see humor in your writing?
3: Um, Honestly, my writing is who I am in real life. Like, people who know me very well in real life will read my blog and say, I heard your voice. Because it is truly me. Like, you can... See, you can read my blog and be like, this is a conversation I would have with her over brunch. So honestly, it's been me just being true to myself and my voice. Um, But I, of course, have people who've inspired me. um, And one of them is Angela Nizzle. She wrote The Broke Diaries like 10 or 15 years ago. And I remember back when I still had a full time job, I found her book and I was reading it on the bus Cracking up, like you know, one of those laughs where you can't keep yourself from laughing at everyone around, just looking at you funny. Mm-hmm.
1: Like yeah, one of the
3: on the train. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was one of those where I was just like, oh my god, I don't even care because I, I just found myself guffawing in different, different places. And she ends up being like one of the writers of one of my favorite shows ever, Scrubs. She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, her and I end up actually finding each other online because I was like, I'm a huge fan. We actually end up becoming friends. So it's kind of crazy. It was like a full circle moment for me. She's one. Um, I'm inspired by anybody who really stands in their power as critics, as smart people who live in a world that has a lot to criticize. Um, And just smart people in general inspire me. One of my favorite of your recent stories
1: has been, well, you, you're really protective of the Obamas, as I think we all should be. Yes. But your post about Malia and what she's gone through, because <laughs> she, can't she live? Why, tell us, do you, do you, why do you feel, I mean, I can kind of guess, but why do you feel protective of, of Malia and Sasha and, and the Obamas in general?
3: Well, I'm protective of black girls in general, because mm-hmm. I think the world is too critical of Black people, especially Black girls. Like, we get the brunt of everything. We are torn to pieces even more than anybody else. So for me, I want to be one of the people who's bouncing it out. You know, so when Black girls are being... When people are calling us such types of names, I'm over here like, no, that's not fair. Because when you compare... The way people treat us, how they treat other people, you see the discrepancy. So for me, it's a matter of, oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, I think
2: standing up for
3: black girls is one of my favorite hobbies.
2: No, I love that. So where do you see yourself? Like, what... I know you said you don't really plan. I remember hearing Oprah say that once and thinking she was bugging, like she just kind of like leans into the experiences life throws her way. But I totally get it now. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you do have an overarching, like, well, this is kind of like what I'd love to do. Like, is there anything huge or major that you have not accomplished that you're like, you know, this is on my vision board that I'd like to, to do in the future? Honestly, my
3: book was like the biggest goal I had set for myself thus far. Um, and for me, that goal was to become a best-selling author. So I'm hoping by the end of this fall, I will say check. Now what comes after that? I'm not sure because again, I haven't planned for any of this. And thus far I've done pretty well by just kind of waiting and seeing what the universe has for me. Mm-hmm. So maybe TV's next, I oh, no. saw that. I, was I saw just that on, ask on Facebook.
1: About TV. I mean, you're, in, you're, yeah. you're sitting next to Oprah now. Oprah and Ava DuVernay are creating original content featuring, you know, all black casts, mainly black casts. I mean, do you see yourself getting into that world? There's been so much
3: talk about the need for more black female writers, especially. Well, yeah, I think so. I think that might end up being the organic next step for me. That's the feedback I keep getting from people. Um, people who are even in TV have been like, you should be writing for TV. Mm.
2: So. I'm open to it. I am
3: very open to it.
2: And you know, Shonda is like your BFF, too. I was like, look at Shonda. Because, you know, we have oh brunch on Sundays. So.
3: Ah! Uh. <laughs> Shonda, Shonda Rhymes is Bay. Like, I actually called her fairy Bay mother. <laughs> 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 because she, she has taken a liking to my work that is, like, it's beyond flattering. Like, there needs to be a different word beyond flattering. She's shared, like, my... She's tweeted randomly about my book. She's talked about my book while she's been in rooms, on panels. So it's been,
0: it's been crazy, yeah. Hey BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
2: Has it sunken in? People ask me sometimes when something big happens, like, how do you feel? And honestly, I don't know. Has it like has it sunken in, you know, that these things are happening? Are you still kind of like, yeah, I'm just like, you know, living lives, this is how it is. Or do you actually feel the magnitude of like what's happening? I don't feel the magnitude
3: of what's happening, which sounds weird to even say Mm -hmm. I don't because I, (laughs) I don't, I don't think I take enough time to sit there processing like, holy smokes, that just happened. Like last night, for example, The head of the Writers Guild of America and, like, um, I think Northwest, tweeted that he loved my book. And I was like, what? What? And I did what for, like, 10 minutes and then moved on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think, um, one, I don't want to be... I don't want to lose myself in the magnitude of what's happening. And I don't want to be like, oh, man, spending days congratulating myself. Um, But I do sometimes kind of scroll through i use my instagram and my facebook account now kind of like a yeah. uh-huh and honestly there are some evenings when before i go to sleep i scroll through my instagram to remind myself of what's happened and that those moments i'm like wow <laughs>
2: okay more like now wow like you know yeah that kind of... <laughs> that's crazy it's just yeah it's crazy but awesome and When I look at what you're doing, I was I was telling her Mandy, I was before we had our little mix up earlier. I was just telling Lovey like it's that Lovey like when you're a Nigerian kid, like your parents don't want to hear anything about any other possible major. But when you can show another Niger kid that has succeeded without going the traditional route of doctor, lawyer, engineer, then they give you kind of like well, okay, so Lovey like literally there's going to be hundreds of thousands of kids Nigerian kids in the next unforeseeable future saying, like, but mommy, look at Lovey. She didn't go to medical school, and she's killing it. And, you know, mom's like, oh, well, you know, okay, Lovey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, so, that's real,
3: because part of the reason why I fought being a writer for so long is because I hadn't seen anybody who had made a great living at it while they're not, like, writing, if they're not Toni Morrison, you know what I mean? So, not having that example was part of the reason why I was like, nah, I can't do this. So, like, the idea that I could be somebody's example of like, I can do this, that's, that's incredible.
1: Now, speaking of making a living as a writer, on, you, know, you, have, you have a couple different websites now, Awesomely Techie, which focuses more on um, tech, entrepreneurship, businesses, and then you have your pop culture blog, Awesomely Lovey, but I mean, as you're scaling up to business and you're like earning an income, how do you learn how to manage that and budget when you're you know, going from a full-time job to just you know, owning your own business?
3: Well, you learn quickly because if you spend your money, if you get a, a check and you spend your money and the next time you get a check is in four months and you're like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't spend all that money. You will learn quick to manage your cash flow that like you might get windfalls of money, but you better save that money. So you're not <laughs> you're not going to be broke and eating ramen noodles three months later. But that's also one thing that people don't teach enough is when you work for yourself. yes. Yeah. You might feel like you balling when you get a check, but you just know 30% of that check does not belong to right. me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like 30% of that check is not yours. That is the IRS's. <laughs> but one one of the hardest things I would say about being an entrepreneur is when you get your tax bill, holy smokes. You know, it's cool to get money taken out your check every two weeks. You don't feel it as hard, but when you see a like a bill that is over five figures you have to write a check for the IRS. That stuff will make you sit down real quick.
1: <laughs> do you have help there? Do you have accountants? I mean, how much bookkeeper. of it is you and how much is it of it
3: are you are you getting help with? Oh, well, I have an accountant that I've been using for the last 7 years. I haven't really used her like a bookkeeper like I should. I was actually talking to somebody the other day that I need to do that next like cuz she probably needs to like check
2: me on my spending. <laughs> so, yeah. Or you can even get a separate, because my accountant was like, oh, these receipts, that's cute, but I don't do that. And so I have a separate bookkeeper where literally, she lives in L.A., once a month, I mail her all of my receipts. I'm petty. Like, if I go through the toll for 50 cents, I'm like, a receipt, please. (laughs) I I send all my receipts. And then if somebody sends me an invoice, let's say I pay, like, my designer to make a a to make like a logo or something. Then I forward her those email invoices, and then I send her the receipts. And every month she puts together a um a quarterly report or monthly report. And then every quarter a quarterly report. And I sit with my accountant every quarter. Like I just sat with him literally last week, brought the report, and I was able to pay because I pay every quarter now to write a check and say okay because it's easier to write you know like a three thousand dollar check or four. Then like at the end of the year you have like you know a twenty thousand dollar check. So Yo, that's what I would, legit. Uh, I yeah. actually
3: I've been saying that I was going to um, I was saying that I was going to be on quarterly, but I just haven't done it. It's been such a crazy year that I've been like, oh, man, shoot, I just missed three quarters. Oh, shoot. See. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: No, that's normal. But you the sooner, especially once you get to a certain tax bracket, you literally you're going to have to pay quarterly because. Yeah. Yeah, because the government is like, that. no, we want our money up front. He told me that last year was the last year that I could get away with not paying. So, If you're looking for a bookkeeper, just let me know because I see too many entrepreneurs who are so dope at what they do, but their business fails because of the back end, not because of their talent, you know?
3: Yeah, see, I was like, uh uh-uh, the IRS, I do not play with them. Y'all will get your money. Yes, here you go.
1: How what who taught you about money growing up? What was that? Who were your sort of financial
3: influences? None. I had zero. Oh, I I don't, I
1: don't feel alone yeah. anymore.
3: Having having conversations about money was not really what I did growing up. Um Yeah, I think I kind of self taught on that.
2: <laughs> she was like, nope, nope. They didn't talk about it in my household, except for to say, there's no money. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't want to let you go before we talk about a project that's really near and dear to your heart. And I want to hear more about it. It's the the Red Pump Project, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but it benefits um, HIV-AIDS for women and girls.
3: Yeah, so Red Pump awareness. is the nonprofit that I co-founded seven years ago with a friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, we do raise awareness by the impact of HIV and AIDS on women and girls. And we started because I met somebody who had 20 cousins who were um, living with her grandmother in Malawi because their parents had died from age-related complications. And uh, she had a friend who had told her, a close friend who was, who told that he was HIV positive. And we were like, oh man, we didn't even know this epidemic was still this bad because we don't even hear about it anymore. So for us, it was important to generate conversation we wanted to decrease stigma about it because we're like if we're not hearing about it everyone else isn't hearing about it and nobody's talking about this issue so let's do it and we started as a social media campaign we started by getting bloggers to talk about it on national women and girls HIV and AIDS awareness day which is March 10th every year and that first year which was in 2009 we had like 135 bloggers join us so that was cool, um, and then it became a nonprofit organization, and we've been going for seven years. We do events around the country, around like safe sex and teaching women and girls that it's okay to be sexual, but here are the tools you need to know to be safe. Mm-hmm. So, and we wear red shoes, by the way, so that's why we call the Red Pump Project. We use red shoes to kind of grab people's attention. So a lot of people see me in red shoes, and they're like, Ah, yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, I heard you might like shoes a little bit. Yes. (laughs) I have a shoe problem. In fact, my accountant, okay, see, I think it's my accountant's fault too. Let me tell you why. Because she told me that red shoes are tax deductible expenses for me now. Yeah. And I was like, well, then I am doing business every time I buy a pair of red shoes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but she's right though. Like you, yeah. Just being able to write off every little thing is is yeah, gonna be in your I best. I can write thing. off like I can
3: write off certain clothes that I buy because I'm always speaking. Mm-hmm. So your haircut?
2: See, my haircuts are
3: now business expenses, y'all. What?
2: I'm like, if we talk about business, I'm eating ice cream. I'm like, I need that cone receipt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're like, that was part of my business meeting. Thank you.
2: <laughs> no, that's just dope. I just, I just more, more, my dad would say more grease to your elbow. And, you know, you make that is
3: such a nice thing. Is... It...
2: Oh my God. That's more so... grease to your elbow. And we're just like really, really like proud of you. And just because when, what I love most about you, I, I forgot where I was. I was just, it was a group of, of black women. I don't know where I was, but your name came up. And, oh, you know what? I I don't know if you know Evita from No Madness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she she just moved. She had a housewarming. And there were so many dope women in the room. Glenda from Black Girls Rock was there. Oh. Just a bunch of dope black women here, because Avita moved to Newark, where I live. And your name came up, and across the board, everyone was like, you know what's so dope about Lovey? Like, yo, from people who knew you from way back to people who know you now, just always the same. Funny as hell cool as hell, just never any um, airs or arrogance or any of that. And, you know, and that's saying a lot for Nigerians because, I mean, if, we, if we're if we nothing else, we're prideful. <laughs> 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 and, yeah, so it's just dope to, like, when I first met you, because, uh, Mandy, I, I first met um, Love You in person uh, in Barbados last year. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so my cousin had a, um, she owns this bridal magazine called Munoluchi, and she had this retreat. And, oh, my God, I never laughed. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. We, we did. did. And I can't wait for it to do it again in, in uh, November. I mean yep. December this year in New, New Orleans. But yeah, I just want to one thank you for always just being so down to earth and cool and just continue to rise. Where can people find you? Like if they want to follow you, if they want to follow your shoes, if they want to oh get God. your book. Where can well, they find you? So- on the
3: down-to-earth thing, people, I always tell people that, like, honestly, it's it's what happens when you don't take full credit for everything that's happening for you. Mm. It is basically when you understand that you are standing on the shoulder of goddess and goddesses, mm. and basically you're a product of God's grace. So I don't have a right to be all arrogant and trifling, because I have enough people in my life who'd be like, girl, sit down. So... <laughs> But yeah, so everyone can find me on the interwebs. I am all over the place. Um, Lovey on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and that's L U V V I E. I've actually trained Google to where if you actually type in just my first name, all my stuff comes up.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm easy to find. And then I have my shoestagram, my shoe my my Instagram account that's dedicated to my addiction to shoes. <laughs> and that's must love shoes m-u-s-t-l-u-v-v shoes so yeah people can see my kicks of the day and all that stuff i need to follow that right now lovey before we let you go
1: i want to do a quick little rapid fire question round this is the first this is the first time we're doing it and i feel like i'm like
2: what in the hell this is new all right
1: i got ideas (laughs) i got lots of ideas behind the scenes okay so got about i don't know eight or so questions but you have to answer the first thing that comes first. first thing that comes to mind.
2: Okay. All right,
1: you ready? Yep. Barack or Michelle. Fierce. Uh, game of Thrones or Scandal.
2: Unmissable.
1: No, no. Uh, oh no, I didn't explain the rules of the game right.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm over here gagging. Love
1: you. Yo, you choose one. Love you. I'm <laughs> ch- like, what Sorry, it's my fault. I oh, said the first wait, thing that comes to wait. mind,
3: but I meant choose one. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so you first thing that comes to
2: mind, and I was like, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <eat. I don't laughs> oh my god! And Sorry. I was sitting here, and you sh- my face like, wait, what's happening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Freaking hilarious. Okay, let's do it. The- That's funny. Don't worry, this you is put just put a startup the- phase. This is this is in, we're still in beta testing. We're still in A B testing. All right, <laughs> try again. All right, Barack or Michelle? Michelle. Game of Thrones or
3: Scandal? <sighs> Game of Thrones why keep going Mandy Next okay. <laughs> new,
1: okay okay this is gonna be easy for you probably new shoes or food new shoes unless
3: the food is rice <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oprah Oprah or Gale? oh come on Oprah oh
1: poor Gail all right nighttime or daytime nighttime text or call
3: call Instagram or Facebook Facebook breakfast or brunch Breakfast. Ooh, brunch yeah because i'm i'll be late to all the types of breakfast yeah <laughs>
1: okay uh last one kim or taylor oh hell no neither like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that was a trick trick
2: black girl question
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
3: right like what N- neither one of them
1: Not- okay fine there's a answer answer b is none of the above <laughs>
3: yes no, you have
1: to keep, you have
2: to keep the, the misunderstanding in the beginning. That's just epic.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, please do. Because your people are going to be like, why are people who are supposedly so smart? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. This was like my favorite interview ever. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining us, Lovey.
1: Oh, my God. This is super fun. You just made my day. Thank you, Lovey. Everyone, go to com right now. Indeed. All right, so you're welcome for that interview. I feel like uh, we just made your Tuesday. So we're going to piece that a little bit early on this week's episode. Um, But before we go,
2: Tiffany has a reminder for you all. Remember, we have a contest in that we want to know what does Brown Ambition mean to you? And we are going to pick anywhere from five to ten listeners to join Mandy and I for dinner in New York City on us. I mean, the transportation is on you, but the dinner is on us. And we're just gonna sit, talk, be brown and fabulous and fun. Um, so if you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail dot com, what brown ambition means to you, and I guess in the subject line, what should they put? Just like um, put
1: anything you want. Put brown content. ambition
2: contest. Yeah, and so yeah, we want to eat because it's a, it's our one year anniversary. We're turning one soon, and we want to meet like some of the listeners and just have a good time with y'all. So. Make sure that you email us. Make sure you share, you know, what Brown Ambition means to you. Not necessarily the show, just in general, what Brown Ambition means to you. And we will pick our top faves and we'll have dinner. I can't wait. Food, booze, Brown what? Girls. I don't even drink, but honey, I don't need to drink. Fine,
1: I'll, I'll <laughs> have yours.
2: <laughs> oh, man, today was just such an awesome day. That was just so fu- so much fun with Lovey. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I hope you guys out. enjoyed. Thanks for making it happen. Oh, no, no problem. Honestly, I didn't even have to do anything. She was looking to be interviewed, so. Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right, y'all. We will see you next week, and I don't know. Keep it brown. Keep it ambitious. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.